Lecture Topic Concise Dua of Prophet Muhammad, Peace be upon him. Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-nadheen as-tafa Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullaha haqqa tuqatihi wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimoon وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغنني بالعلم وزينني بالحلم واكرمني بالتقوى وجملني بالعافيه او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسبحان الله كان رضينا الجزء what was recited was a very concise dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam among the many many duas that Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam made and his day and night was filled with dua and this is a very big lesson for us that our solutions to our problems this lies in our iman and amal this has been practically demonstrated to us by rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and has been emphasized by him has been emphasized in the quran sharif obviously first and foremost and emphasized by rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that as people of iman then this is our yaqeen this is our firm belief this is our conviction there is no doubt about this not a shadow of doubt not an iota of doubt that our solution lies solely in iman and amal this does not mean that asbab and means are negated but the asbab and means will be used in accordance to the teachings of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and without allowing that conviction and belief wavering in allah taala at all if a person has been using for example some medication that every time he finds his sugar spiking up for example so now he's been diagnosed with diabetes so now every so often he has to take a certain medication and then that will stabilize the sugar so now he takes it and then if he misses it he sees it spiking so then he takes it in time again and then he stabilizes it so now this goes on and people sometimes are on this kind of chronic medication for decades person sometimes ask him how long you are diabetic now he says i'm diabetic from the time i was 30 what's your age now i'm 70 now so 40 years now the person has been taking this and for 40 years he's been experiencing this that every time he took this medication it stabilized his sugar levels so after 40 years also when he takes that medication the same yaqeen is required and the same yaqeen is necessary that this is not the tablet it is allah taala's hukm allah taala's decree and allah taala's decision and permission by which this tablet then had this effect otherwise if allah taala wills it will have no effect and nothing will have any effect this is the lesson that has been given to us in the quran sharif repeatedly in the various incidents of the anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam sayyidina ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam that knife is not cutting that fire is not burning and so many other incidents that the sabab is there but it will have its effect only upon the hukam of allah taala the command of allah taala now that is that yaqeen that is necessary even after 50 years after 100 years of using that same medication or any other sabab and means and experiencing that end result but to still have that firm conviction that that end result was only experienced because allah taala's hukm was there and had it not been allah's hukm allah taala's command nothing would have happened so this is our yaqeen and conviction and this is part of this iman and amal 
zero iman that medication whatever other means have to be adopted will be adopted but it is not the means that are the real effect or the effect, effect is primarily in the means the effect comes by the decree of Allah Ta'ala. so while we do adopt the asbab and means in terms of material means physical means but the greatest level of means are those means which are directly given to us by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah Taala in the Quran Sharif and Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And this is a'mal, du'a. In the Hadith Sharif, for example, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, "Treat those who are ill with sadaqa. Treat your patients with sadaqa." Now, this is our yakin. That the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, there is no doubt in this whatsoever. So therefore, a person who has this firm conviction and belief, he will adopt whatever means have to be adopted, but he'll adopt the correct sequence also. That when something has to be done, he'll turn to Allah Taala first. He'll make du'a. If he doesn't have time to sit down and make du'a to make two rakats nafil of salat al-haja first, from his heart he'll talk to Allah Taala. And he'll beg Allah Taala's help. Yeah, everything is in your control. Sickness also comes from you, and cure also comes from you. Life also comes from you, and death also is in your control. Alladhi huwa yuhi wa yumid. Wa iza maritu fahuwa yashfin. All this is in the Quran Sharif, Ibrahim Al Salam's incidents. All these are giving the same lesson. So now he'll turn to Allah Taala. Yeah, all this is in your control alone. So I'm asking you for your help. Rabbi inni masaniya dur wa anta arhamur rahimin. Allah Taala is giving us the du'as of the various Ambiya to give us the same lesson. The Yubali Salam, he turned to Allah Taala. Ya Allah, this difficulty has come upon me. But then what? He was on that caliber and that level. That he didn't even want to at that time directly ask Allah Taala, Ya Allah, you remove it. He says, Wa anta arhamur rahimin. Ya Allah, you are the most merciful. So, I am asking for your rahmat. So, if you remove it, that's your rahmat. And if it's not removed, I will have conviction that your rahmat is in this remaining with me. Wa anta arhamur rahimin. We have been taught in the Hadith Sharif to always ask for afiyat. Ask for safety, ask for ease. Never ask for any difficulty. But our conviction is that Allah Taala's rahmat is in every condition that comes upon us. But we keep asking for afiyat. So nevertheless, the message, the lesson was that this is a du'a of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught us to turn to Allah Taala by means of these amal, by means of du'a. Every person is concerned about protection. Nabi Islam gave us so many things for protection. Person recites Ayatul Kursi at night, lengthy riwayat of Bukhari Sharif of the original or the source where this finally initially came from. But nevertheless, Nabi Islam says the person recites this when he gets to bed. Then a protector will come to him from the side of Allah Taala, referring to an angel. La yazalulak min Allahi hafizun. An angel will come to protect him. Entire night, he recites the three quls, last three surahs of the Quran Sharif, Surah Ikhlas, Surah Falak, and Surah Nas, three times each with Bismillah, morning and evening. Yakfi kamin kulli shay. Abi Islam says, "And suffice for you from everything. Suffice from everything, meaning, Mulali Qari rahmatullahi the great muhaddis, he says, min kulli shar, from every evil, evil of." All kinds of things that we experience around us, evil of the unseen kind as well, jinn and black magic and all these kinds, sihr or whatever it is. This is the protection. What is masnoon? That is the highest level. What has come to us authentically from Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam? That can never take second place. Whatever permissible asbab and means are available, that will be adopted as well. But not before what has come to us authentically from Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, which is established from Sunnah. 
Very often people are asking for some wazifa, for this, for that. But they haven't even made dua. They haven't turned to Allah Ta'ala and begged Allah Ta'ala for help. So the wazifa is in his place. But dua has been given to us in the Quran Sharif. فَقَالَ رَبُّكُمُ دُعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ Allah Ta'ala says, ask of me, I will answer. Now we're not asking Allah Ta'ala and we want to do other things. Other things within the limits of Sharia is fine, it's place, no problem. But the first step is to do that which has been given to us by Allah Ta'ala in the Quran Sharif, by Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That's the first level. So these are the things in which that protection is. Person decides the various du'as, morning and evening du'as. There are some beautiful compilations of the morning and evening du'as. These are the things that we have to become very, very punctual on. And when a person will practice on this, one very important aspect is that it does not mean that he'll become immune to anything and everything. Dunya is a place of halat. One is that inshallah with the barkat of these recitations, Allah Ta'ala will make it a means of protection for him. That he will get protected from the calamities. But if Allah Ta'ala has decreed something to come to him, that's going to come. One dua of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the person decides morning and evening three times. Bismillahilladhi la yadurru ma'asmihi shay'un fil ardi wa la fil sama' wa huwa sami'ul alim. Hadith of Abu Dawud Sharif, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, Lam shay'un. Nothing will harm him. Now, the narrator of this Hadith Sharif, he is narrating it, in Abu Dawud Sharif, this is the detail there. So when he narrated it, the student who was there sitting in front of him, he is looking at him with wide eyes. So the Ustad understood what, he's, what this is all about. Because the expressions say a lot, why he was looking wide eyed, that you are teaching this. But what happened was that one eye of his had become blinded because of some incident, some accident. You see, you are teaching us this. How does this happen to you? Because surely if you are teaching it to us, this was the other part of it, that there was such conviction in this, that if he is teaching it to us, he is doing it also. He is practicing on it. So you are practicing on it obviously. So how come this happened? So the Ustad, when he saw this student looking at him with wide eyes, he said to him, I have the answer to your question. He didn't ask the question yet. He said, I have the answer to your question. The question was already on his face. His expression asked it. He said, that morning, I had forgotten to read it. The day that this accident happened, that morning I forgot. Allah Ta'ala will that it should happen. So he forgot. But the point is, that this will become a protection for him to start off with. And if Allah Ta'ala has willed something to come on him, it's going to come. Because Allah Ta'ala has made this place, dunya, a place of imtihan, darul ibtila. All kinds of tests and trials come in dunya. وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقْسٍ مِّنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ Allah Ta'ala wants to give somebody that status of sabr and give him that high rank of the sabirin. Allah Ta'ala wants to bless him with his ma'iyad. إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ So these halat come. But the person who is punctual on these amal, in the midst of those halat too, he does not become overwhelmed. But then inshallah, with the barakat of these amal, Allah Ta'ala will uplift that. And if suppose he doesn't go immediately, he'll be blessed with that sabr, which will give him the great rewards, and will still keep him calm. He will be still fine. He'll take it in his stride. He won't become overwhelmed. He won't become out of control and become uh, emotionally, uh, emotional wreck and whatever else. Insan is insan. He has emotions, he has grief, he has anxiety, he has... All these things are part of insan. This is human nature. He experiences all these emotions. But in all that, Allah Ta'ala will give him that inner strength. Will grant him that sabr which is that inner strength. That he'll be t- able to take all this in his time. So this is that lesson that we need to learn from this. That this is one dua of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
they are compilations of numerous du'as. And those compilations also are not exhaustive. There are so many that are still not in those compilations too. The books of hadith are filled with the du'as of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So among these many du'as, one du'a that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa made, Allahumma aghnini bil'ilm. Now these du'as are du'as also. And these du'as of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ta'aleem for the ummah. Every du'a was giving a tremendous lesson. Every du'a was a source of guidance. Was an ocean of knowledge. So in this du'a, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is making this du'a, Allahumma aghnini bil'ilm. The greatest knowledge that Allah ta'ala blessed anybody with was the knowledge that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa possessed. His knowledge on one side, and the knowledge of the rest of creation on the other side, his knowledge was far greater. And far greater to a rank that cannot be compared. But yet, in the Quran Sharif also, Allah Ta'ala commands the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, وَقُرْ رَبِّ زِدْنِي ilma. Ya Allah, increase my knowledge. As great as his knowledge was, Allah Ta'ala is giving this command to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So by extension, the lesson is for the Ummatis. That if our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is being given this command, then how much everybody else has to make this dua? To ask Allah Ta'ala for true knowledge. Because it's only in the light of knowledge that the person can pass and traverse this road of dunya correctly and safely. And if he doesn't have correct knowledge, then like a person going to a destination but he's got the wrong map. Somebody has given him direction or that GPS is not working. He's also all the time giving some wrong directions. So where is going to end up? So that knowledge is essential. And that knowledge is the real wealth. So therefore Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying, Allahumma bil ilm. Allah grant me the wealth of knowledge. This is the real wealth. It is not the material things that is the real wealth. And the reality of this becomes apparent when a person's eyes close. The reality is always there. But then everybody sees the reality. When the person's eyes close and he has to be buried in his cover, then nothing else comes. All those material possessions, all that wealth, whatever else, the empire that was built, everything remains behind. The person goes with his iman and amal. So this knowledge at that time, this is a great asset for him. That ilm which then enabled him to obey Allah Taala to do what is right, to stay away from what is wrong, to fulfill the obligations of deen correctly, and the knowledge, in the light of that knowledge, to recognize Allah Taala. Our understanding generally of knowledge is confined to a few things. That if a person knows how to perform his salah, which obviously necessitates that he must know the Messiah of Taharat before that, Obviously, that, that applies. He must know the Messiah of Taharat. And then he knows how to perform his salah. And the month of Ramadan is coming, so he knows how to fast and what applies to the fast, what is necessary, what breaks the fast. And like that, zakat, and if somebody is going for hajj. And then somebody little bit more than that, that well, okay, now he's doing business or something, so he needs to know the Messiah of business. And if somebody little bit even more than that, then well now he wants to learn some tafsir of the Qur'an Sharif. MashaAllah, excellent. And he wants to learn something else, some, maybe something more deeper, academic. But where to apply all this? Then generally this is where it's confined to in the minds of many. And if I got the knowledge and I'm applying it in terms of my salah, taharat, salah, other ibadat, and a little bit more than that than in halal haram, in terms of eating, in terms of business, transaction, that too not entirely. Some things where it suits us and some things where it doesn't suit us, let it be. And then beyond that, that there is knowledge required about muasharat, social life, how to conduct ourselves in social life correctly. Because there is ahkam in the Quran Sharif with regards to social life. So now this is also a farz. How to conduct oneself correctly with his parents, with his spouse, with his children, with his neighbor, with family members. Various ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks about the rights of various people. 
And then there's knowledge required about akhlaq. What is the correct akhlaq? What is the wrong characteristics in a person? And then how does a person go about acquiring the correct akhlaq? How does he go about ridding himself of the evil things in his heart? What is the evil of pride? How terrible is malice? And how disastrous is jealousy? All this requires knowledge. All this is mentioned in the Quran Sharif, in the Hadith of Rasulullah Now this is part of knowledge. This is destructive. Person al-hasadu ya'kulul hasanat kama ta'kulul narul hasab That jealousy, it consumes and destroys the person's right good deeds like fire burns up dry wood. Now this is ill. This is a knowledge. And a person who understood this knowledge and understands that I need to apply it, this knowledge is a great protection of his amal. Otherwise, mashallah, a month of Ramadan will come, he'll make many khatams of the Quran Sharif, he'll make tarawih salah, he'll fast, he'll earn a lot of rewards, and he'll burn it at the same time due to jealousy. That malice, now, to understand in the light of knowledge that this malice is a dirt. person sees some dirt on his kurta, sees some dirt on his shoes, that too makes him uneasy. That I need to clean my shoes out. But dirt in his heart, he'll not be able to see it without that correct knowledge. With the eyes of that knowledge that comes from the Quran and Sunnah, in the light of that knowledge, he'll see the dirt in the heart. Now he'll become concerned. I need to clean this dirt. And otherwise, if the knowledge is missing, he might regard that as a virtue. How smart I am. I did somebody down, and the person didn't even know what happened to him. I bought him and sold him, and he didn't know what hit him. And that will become a source of pride, something to brag about. That how cunning a person can be, how deceitful he can be, and how he can cheat somebody in a way that that person didn't know he got cheated. That becomes an accolade. Now because of the lack of knowledge, the lack of knowledge of so many aspects in this regard. What was right? What should have been done? What was the evil of the deed that was done? What is the consequences of this deed in dunya and in akhirat? It's all part of ilm. So now this ilm has to be acquired. And it's acquired from the correct sources. Not acquired by just pressing Google. Because that has destroyed many people's iman also, has destroyed many people's deen. They press Google, Allah knows best what information they got from where, and they started questioning things that are established from Quran and Sunnah. Because to understand ignorance, all you need to do is be ignorant. You don't need any intelligence to understand ignorance. Now somebody fed some ignorance out there. Just that he fed it in fancy language. And he seemed to have some kind of quotations here and there. So it sounded very, very knowledgeable. But actually he was putting out ignorance. He was putting the, his imaginations and whatever came into his mind without any substance in it. He's putting it out in the guise of knowledge. Now somebody pressed Google and now this came. Now to be able to understand that ignorance, all a person needs to do is be ignorant. He'll understand the ignorance. That will sound very good to him. But then now somebody is giving him true knowledge. Now he's battling because he understood the ignorance. Because you need to be ignorant to understand that. Nothing more than that. And to understand knowledge, you need to have some understanding. But now he already blocked his mind with this ignorance. He can't seem to fathom how to get past that. That became a block, an obstacle, a hurdle in his way. So that is the most dangerous thing to do, to start pressing Google for Dini knowledge. So in any case, this is the first part of this dua. The message and the lesson is that we need to become conscious about our deen, acquire the knowledge of deen from the right sources, learn about all these aspects. We go to the ulama take some time from them, and learn, little at a time. Every person doesn't have that opportunity to dedicate a whole day and dedicate one hour every day. Even we dedicate 10 minutes a week. But we learning our Quran Sharif well, so we can recite the Kalam of Allah wa Ta'ala correctly. And our Surahs, etc. that we recite in Salah, that is corrected. So they're not making, sometimes some such mistakes are made which nullify the Salah. Because the Arabic language is very, very sensitive. 
very delicate. A slight change in the pronunciation can change the whole meaning. And sometimes that meaning gets changed so drastically that the salah gets nullified. So to at least learn that much, and then the basic masail, and then all these necessary aspects of life, the mu'amalat, mu'asharat, akhlaq. So this is something to be learned. We should take the time to go and learn this. So the first part of the dua, Allahumma aghnini bil ilm. Thereafter Rasulullah Wasallam, the second aspect that he mentions was the yinni bil hilm. As mentioned, Nabi Wasallam was at the peak of all this. Innaka la'ala khuluqin azim. Allah Ta'ala already gave him the certificate. You are on the highest level of every good akhlaq. But despite having been blessed with that greatest level of akhlaq, Nabi Wasallam is still asking. One is his abdiyat, that he was the most humble servant of Allah Ta'ala. And this is the sign of true humility, that no matter how high a person comes, he feels he's still very, very down. He is nobody. When the tree is laden with fruit, those branches are very, very low. There is no fruit on it, it's high up. And this humility is the greatest thing to achieve. Therefore, when Nabi Islam was taken on Mi'raj, such a great miracle to the highest point that nobody ever went. Allah Ta'ala describes this incident in the words, Subhanallah Asra bi Abdihi. That he was the greatest Abd, hence he went to the greatest height. So, in this is this akhlaq, Nabi Islam is asking, Wazayyinni bil hilm. Ya Allah, you beautify me with hilm, with tolerance. This is a dua that Nabi Islam is asking. The question that we need to ask ourselves, have I asked, now hilm is part of good akhlaq. One is we just understood that we have to make the effort to learn about all these things. Learn about akhlaq. Learn about mu'amalat, mu'asharat, all these various aspects of deen. But together with that, have we made dua also for good akhlaq? Now this is part of good akhlaq. And Nabi Islam is making dua for it. He is on the highest level of every good. And he is still making dua for good akhlaq. Wazayyinni bil hilm. Have I any day made dua that I be granted good akhlaq? Have I made dua to be protected from bad character? Allahumma inna bika min munkaratil akhlaq wal a'mali wal ahwa'i wal adwa'. In another dua, Nabi Islam is teaching us, Ya Allah, save me from bad akhlaq. Munkaratil akhlaq. So have we made this dua? Are we trying to achieve something or should be wanting to try to achieve it? So now without asking Allah Ta'ala, how are we going to achieve it? So now this is the second aspect being asked for, was a yinni bil hilm. This teaches us also another very important lesson is, one is dua, as we understood right at the beginning, how much this should be part of our life. And then together with that, what we should be asking in our du'as? We should be asking all our needs of dunya also. But more importantly, our needs of akhirat. And more importantly, those things that will bring us closer to Allah Ta'ala. That will adorn us in the court of Allah Ta'ala. وَزَيِّنِّي بِالْحِلْمِ Ya Allah, you adorn me with hilm, with tolerance. This hilm, tolerance, one is the meaning of tolerance which has been explained by various of the muhaddithin. One is that a person at the time when that anger is now being provoked, but he just puts, it, just puts a lid on it, doesn't allow it to just suddenly be vented. One is sabr. Sabr is a lower level. Help is beyond that. It starts off with adopting sabr, a tasabbur, that he now forces himself to suppress that anger. But now when he continues doing this, this brings him to the level of hilm, tolerance. That now he can easily just bypass it. Anger for the nafs. Anger that is purely for the sake of the nafs. And a person now for his dunya, for his nafs, because his ego was now trampled, and because of these kind of things. Now that anger. And anger for trivial things of dunya, to suppress that. And when a person keeps suppressing it, this becomes hell. 
and the various incidents in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam show us what hilm he had how much of tolerance Allah Ta'ala blessed him with there's no time to go into those many incidents these are things that are heard from time to time what level of tolerance Rasulullah sallallahu expressed apart from the physical difficulties that he was put through and he tolerated but can we imagine this kind of tolerance as well on one occasion Nabi sallallahu is distributing the booty and one person who was a munafiq and he comes and says inna hadihi la qismatun ma urida bihi wajhullah la hawla wa la quwata illa billah he makes such an accusation against Rasulullah that this distribution wasn't for Allah's pleasure. In other words, this was not just. This distribution was unfair. Now, if a person forget having any high position in society, forget having any position in society, but just that he is, mashallah, a person respected among his people, he is somebody that people regard as a good person and somebody now in public say something like this to him, you are an unjust person, even he can't tolerate it, he becomes extremely enraged at something like this. Can you imagine somebody who has some position in society, somebody who is very famous, very highly regarded, what will be his condition and if somebody is internationally famous? And somebody comes and says something to him on his face like that. All the persons of the world, world put together, all their fame and all their respect and all their honor is not one iota compared to the respect and honor of Rasulullah. And in the midst of the Sahaba Ikram and directly to his face, this kind of slander. And what is Rasulullah's response? That Yarhamullahu Musa Lakad Uziya bi Akhtara min Hada Fasabara. May Allah have mercy on Musa Salam. He was hurt more than this, but he made sabr upon it. In other words, that's what that's the inspiration that I'm going to take. That Allah has mentioned the incidents of Musa Salam in the Quran Sharif and the sabr he made. This too Nabi Salaam, this was his humility. That he's diverting the attention. Look at the sabr Musa Salam made. Whereas his sabr was far beyond everybody. But this is the hill that without any major blowout and anything for that matter, in a very calm manner, Nabi Islam just diverted this whole thing. Yarhamullahu Musa laqad uziya bi akhtara min hadha fa sabra. Hilm. Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah, the famous incident about him, that he was once sitting in a gathering of his students and one person comes and slaps him subhanallah can we imagine in a public place in a gathering and a person with such high respect and honor and people look up to him imam of the time and someone comes in the midst of the gathering and slaps him so he looks at the person and says to him that look you slap me if I slap you in return I'm entitled to it an eye for an eye so a slap for a slap Allah Ta'ala has made this permissible but I won't do that and if I want, I can ask my friends to take revenge on my behalf, that too will be fine. I'm entitled to it. Because you hurt me, I can do that. But I won't do that also. And if I want, I can take it to the Qazi and lay the complaint, but I won't do that also. And if I want, I can leave it for the day of Qiyamah. Because on that day, I will then take your good deeds in return. Because you hurt me. And I will take your good deeds. And that day is a very, very difficult moment. Allah knows best how much good deeds will get dished out for that. He says, but I won't do that also. Inshallah, Allah Ta'ala give me Jannat and give me the permission to intercede on behalf of others. I'll intercede on your behalf and take you to Jannat. Now who can react in that manner if he didn't have that film, that tolerance? But now today, every other home is on fire. Because let alone tolerance, that minimal level of sabr is also not available. Not there, not present. That minimal level of sabr that should be there, that minor things, trivial things, things that can be easily brushed off, but there's no sabr for anything. As a result, every minor little thing becomes not just a spark, it becomes a fire. And 
that one problem that leads, leads to ten problems and next thing where not is gone through. So this is something to be learned, something an effort to be made to, achieve, to acquire. Nothing happens in one moment, nothing happens in one day, but al-hilmu bit-tahallum. Hilm, hilm comes by forcing oneself to be tolerant. Meaning the nature is not there yet, but a person forces himself to be tolerant. One person was mentioning something, that there was some issue, and he said, well, the person told me this and told me that, and you know what, I really felt like telling him this also and that also, I said, what you did, he said, I didn't say anything. I asked him, but this, so many years in your life has passed, have you ever experienced once that you said what, what you wanted to say and it solved the problem? You said what you wanted to say and it, in that obviously, in that moment you're going to say something, how you're going to say it is obvious. And what not you're going to say is obvious also. So what you ever had this experience that now somebody started this side, this argument, and then you said what you wanted to say, and that resolved the argument. You experienced it once? He said, never. Not once. Rather, what happened then? He said, well, it sparked it off further, because for everything I said, something further was said. So you had that experience, so now what's the solution then? The solution is at that time, keep quiet. But the ego comes in front sometimes. Why should I keep quiet? And why should I always be the doormat? And all these kind of fancy things come to mind. But where it comes from? Who's whispering it? Obviously who's whispering it? This is Shaitan's full time job. Because if that fight stops, then the one who's very very disappointed is Shaitan. And if it keeps getting more intense, then the one who's rejoicing is Iblis. So, وَزَيِّنِّي بِالْحِلْمِ Ya Allah, you adorn me with hilm. وَأَكْرِمْنِي بِالتَّقْوَى Ya Allah, you honor me with taqwa. This is, this is the honor. Honor is taqwa. Honor is not based on anything else. Honor is not based on a person's social standing, his financial position, which part of the world he comes from, what is his color, and what is his language. All these things don't create any basis for honor. إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ عِنَّ اللَّهِ أَتْقَاكُمْ Honor is only based on taqwa. The one who is closer to Allah Ta'ala is more honorable. And in this taqwa lies the solution to all our problems like we discussed right at the beginning. Allah Ta'ala says the one who adopts taqwa, Allah will give him the solution out of every problem. And grant him risk from sources he cannot imagine. His problem of risk solved with taqwa. And all his other problems solved with taqwa. Taqwa, Allah will make everything easy for him. All the various issues. Taqwa, the sum total of taqwa is total obedience to Allah Ta'ala. An insan is insan, he slips somewhere, he makes immediate tawbah. Remorse and regret fills his heart. He sheds tears of regret and remorse in front of Allah Ta'ala. Then his tawbah, his taqwa is still intact. If without delay, he shed those sincere tears of remorse and regret, fulfilling the conditions of Tawbah, then his taqwa is still in place. So this is the taqwa that Nabi Sallallahu is asking. وَأَكْرِمْنِي بِالتَّقْوَى وَجَمِّلْنِي بِالْعَافِيَةِ Ya Allah, you give me the beauty of afiyat. Afiyat in deen and afiyat in dunya. Afiyat in deen. Allahumma inni as'aluka al-affa wal-afiyah. And another dua of Rasulullah Sallallahu Teaching us to ask for forgiveness and afiyat. In our deen, in our dunya, in our hereafter. Afiyat, if a person has been blessed with afiyat, is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, after Iman, there isn't the greater ni'mat. So to ask for afiyat. Afiyat means safety from all kinds of issues, difficulties, hardships. In our deen, that is the greatest problem if some problem comes in deen. And then in dunya also. A person is asking for protection from all this. This is a very, very great lesson. So many lessons in this one dua. The lesson that we should be making dua all the time also. And the lesson that what we should be asking for. And what we should be making an effort to inculcate in our lives. Allah wa ta'ala bless us all with the tawfiq. We'll make zikr for a few minutes and then make dua inshallah. It's reported in the Hadith Sharif that the person who recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily 
Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon of the day of Qiyamah what this means is inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation this will become a means Allah will grant him the tawfiq of righteous deeds and save him from sin and this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah so therefore we should try to bring this into our daily practice that we make time in our homes make time to recite La ilaha illallah very consciously hundred times and inshallah this will become a means of tremendous benefit and barakat in everything for us when saying La ilaha to bring to mind that all the ghayrullah everything besides Allah Ta'ala we have taken and thrown out of our hearts especially all the things that have become a barrier whatever sin, whatever vice, whatever filth, whatever dirt any illicit things all these things that are lurking in our hearts that are there in our hearts anything and everything that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden all these things we have taken and thrown out and illallah this noor is settling in the heart which is the love of Allah Ta'ala beside the Rucharif La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله الله جل جلاله عم نوانه الله 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 الله
محمد الرسول اللہ اللہ العالمین اللہ ٹھیک ہے سر تھینک یو پلیز وز اس وی پلیز وز یو اللہ دیکھو قبر گارڈنز اف جنت فوسی اللہ گرانٹ اس شفاعت اف رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم اینڈ گیو اس جنت الفردوس وداؤٹ اینی ریکنگ یا اللہ اللہ العالمین اللہ اول دوز آسٹ اس ٹو میک دعا فور دیم اول ہیو ریز دیر ہینڈز ٹو دس دعا اینڈ یو دو نو اف ایچ ونز نیڈز یا اللہ فلفل ایچ ونز جائز نیڈز فرام دی غیب یا اللہ ریموو ایچ ونز ڈیفیکلٹیز اینڈ ہارڈشپس یا اللہ فلفل ایچ ونز پائس اسپیریشنز یا اللہ گرانٹ دی بیسٹ اف دنیا اینڈ اخرت ٹو ایچ ون یا اللہ اللہ العالمین اور گریٹس نیڈ اس ٹو بیکم یورز یا اللہ دیٹ یو بیکم اورز یا اللہ اللہ العالمین یا اللہ یو گرانٹ اس یا اللہ اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله